Hello, and welcome to Missing an Audience. In each episode, a different guest from the arts world will talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected their practice, how they see things changing going forwards, and about their memories of being part of or creating for audiences. Our aim with this podcast is to hear from and reach as many different people working or studying in the arts as possible, to connect over what we miss and have lost, what we have to look forward to, and what needs to change. We also hope to spread awareness of charities or arts groups struggling at this time. We need the arts, and we need audiences. Culture is for entertainment, protest, education, therapy, employment, inspiration and connection. It must survive. Our guest today is General Manager of the Norwich Puppet Theatre, Ian Woods. Originally from Leeds, Ian moved to Norwich as a student, earning a BSc degree in Environmental Sciences at the University of East Anglia. He joined the Norwich Puppet Theatre as a volunteer in the 1980s and has run the venue since 1998. Situated inside a converted medieval church, the site is one of only three building-based puppet theatres in England. Home to a family of puppets spanning nearly 40 years, they produce new shows for families and children which play in Norwich before touring the UK and internationally. They also provide puppetry and puppet-making masterclasses for children and adults alike. During lockdown, the theatre has supported several freelance artists in the production of puppet and animated adaptations of Roald Dahl's Revolting Rhymes and Dirty Beasts. Hello, I'm Jake Leonard, the creator and host of this podcast, and I'm a freelance theatre director. Ian, thank you very much for joining us. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for the invitation. No, not at all. Thanks for saying yes. So what have you been up to in lockdown? I've been working all the way through, even though the theatre's been closed. And obviously most recently was getting our application together for the Cultural Recovery Fund, which was a mm. bit of a beast of a thing to do. The weeks have rolled by. I mix working from home, coming down to the theatre to make sure it looks like it's been occupied, secure, safe and stuff. Planning other work with my colleagues there's only seven staff here, four were furloughed all the way through. And as a good employer, we've been topping up the 80% just to keep the team going. That original concept of it being furlough or, or not furlough you know, was a very hard line. But having this sort of mixed has really helped and would have helped if we had carried on to the end of the year. Well, most other countries with furlough schemes have extended them. But our government's response now that the furlough schemes are ending and the cultural recovery fund's been announced is very much one of, well, we've done our bit, over to you, stop putting pressure on us. So many people are giving up the fight. Pressure is, should still be maintained, but the rug was very definitely pulled out from under our feet when they announced 1.57 billion. Why 1.57? Why couldn't it be 1.6? Which yeah. is magic money, we know. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, in reality, it's going to be distributed to the Cultural Recovery Fund, but it's not that full amount, and whether it trickles down to the individuals, who, who knows? We'll see. Sorry, I'm getting dark already. No, no, sure, no, it's fine. That's okay. Well, well, that's the thing. Hopefully, we'll encourage people to, you know, up the barricades, and there we go. But... <laughs> 
Ooh, 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 Les Miserables all over again. Yeah. <laughs> now, a puppet version of Les Mis, I would watch that if anyone from the Cultural Recovery Fund is listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Norwich Puppet Theatre has been creating a lot of online content through their YouTube channel, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's really, really nice uh, work. I mean, from the beginning, when lockdown happened, we knew we wanted to maintain a presence, and so we have put up a series of craft-based puppet making workshops and we very quickly realized before we did the first one that they had to be really simple and take account of the materials people would have at home so um, we've been putting up sort of one a week but then we wanted to enjoy the actual art of puppetry my colleague has always liked the Roldal revolting rhymes and so she wrote to the Roldal story company and a series of communications went on and they said well yep yeah, okay we like the idea which was for us to make a puppet or animated film for each of the poems. They stay up online until the 5th of December. We're working with freelance artists who we would have worked with during this period. Each of them is bringing their own individual style. They're going to be up there on our YouTube channel, which is online puppet theatre. We've got a mixture of stop frame animation using master scene. We've got shadow puppetry. We've got some quite traditional glove work as well. We're using Nick and Sarah Palmer. Nick is the son of the founder of Norwich Puppet Theatre, Ray De Silva. The music for the Cinderella has been composed by Ty Jeffries, who is Lionel Jeffries' son, and Ty was with his dad when he was filming Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the screenplay of which was written by Roald Dahl. But we really want to be here opening the doors or taking our shows out on the road. 2020 is our 40th birthday. Okay. Well, I mean, happy birthday. But... <laughs> we'll be having a cake, whatever happens. After this year, everyone deserves a piece of cake (laughs) (laughs) another thing we talk about here is audience responses there was a kid who was he must have been about seven i suppose and you know quite full of the world and knew everything and uh, said oh you know you know this is a puppet show i didn't really want to come blah 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 and we said well just go in and tell us what you think you know when you come out and so he came down nodding his head very sagely and said well when i went in i thought i'm really not going to enjoy this he said but in fact, it was fantastic. We were all on the edge of our thinking, oh, God, it's going to go, go either way. But, yeah, that's nice. But then an- and another one is our production of Steadfast Tin Soldier. uses a mixture of um, rod puppet and acting by the performer and shadow work. And one of the pieces is he, the shadows are being projected onto a, the sail of the boat. A, sort of a big sail. And he captures the fish from the projector and then lays it onto the, the sail and it swims away digital projection the kid just came out and he just sort of wide-eyed said was that actually magic <laughs> just totally absorbed in it as an adult me mm. going to theater i mean one of the most amazing pieces of theater i saw was at the leicester curve juliet binoche and akram khan in the piece called in i and juliet learnt dance from Akram Khan and Akram had learnt performance and it was a story of intensely passionate relationship that equally intensely broke apart. Basically an empty stage with a huge, the backdrop, which was this huge square that was coloured with light periodically. And as the whole tension was growing, you suddenly realised that the backdrop had actually moved. So the depth of the stage was becoming less and less and less. So until the very, you know, the point of the destruction of their relationship, 
the stage was only maybe two meters deep and then it just gradually pulled away again and deservedly at the end of it they got a standing ovation and then it's the first time and the only time I think I've really experienced it over three quarters of the audience just sat down and just sat because it, it was such an intense experience and you're just not going to get that on Zoom. Over the years, when we've managed to garner the money together, we've done mini international festivals. Back in 2007, we had a Catalan company come over called Tabla Rasa, and they performed a piece called The Miser, which is based on Moliere's The Miser, which is all about gold. But rather than gold being the currency, it was all about water. And the puppets were incredibly simple because they were just different types of tap. As an audience member and also the manager of the theatre, I got a little bit worried because at the end of it all, when The Miser is happy, has lots of gold, i.e. lots of water, now he's in his bath, splashing water about, and this was a transparent bath on stage on a table, lit from below with a, I don't know, kilowatt stage light, and there was water going all over the place, and I was thinking, oh my God, that's water, that's electricity, I'm sitting next to the Lord Mayor, I can't do anything about it. I said to the actors at the end, I said, well, isn't that a little bit dangerous? And they said, maybe but nothing's happened yet so they carried on the last thing we talk about on the podcast is a charity or a cause or even a venue that the guests would like to highlight to listeners and i know that you would like to talk about norwich puppet theater so it'd be really interesting to hear a little bit more about how exactly you operate and the kind of work that you produce it's was very much built with a lot of community support and that's been the thread of our work whether we're doing bringing people into the theatre or when we're going out on tour with shows or workshops and other activities we present a range of different styles of puppetry we, we create our own work but we also as a receiving venue citizens of norwich are quite lucky in that they have this sort of rare beast on their doorstep last four or five years now we've been doing some work with the norfolk county council children's services the looked after children who are okay during the school terms because they've got activities but during the school holidays quite often either through you know financial deprivation or just social deprivation don't have the the input from their birth parents so we do sort of workshop stuff with them and we make it a safe space it's just for the families that come in they're not having to deal with the general general public last christmas a little girl came in who was selectively mute and had been for months did some workshop with us went to the show came running out of seeing Thumbelina with joy and saying, I've got to finish my puppet. You know, she started talking to another kid and then she left with her care worker chatting away. If there's anything important for, you know, for us to keep going, it's just for you know, even one child a year to take that away. Well, thank you very much for being on Missing an Audience. It's been lovely having you as a guest. Thank you for the pleasant distraction from the joys of running a venue. by Jake Leonard, with music by Dave Morris, publicity design by Ben Hollands, and voiceover by Rebecca Klee. We'd love to hear your favourite audience experiences and how COVID-19 has affected you, so feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at missinganord. 
If you want to donate or find out more about the charities our guest was talking about, you can find the links in the description below. In the meantime, keep safe, keep well, and be kind. Next time, we're joined by actor Joshua St. Clair. But that's the beauty of theatre, is that it opens up so many different types of experiences. You can cry, you can laugh, you can be educated. That's it. Theatre is a form of education. And I feel like theatre teaches empathy is vital. You know, plays, musicals, whatever, the dance, whatever the art form is vital in terms of, like, human connection. I don't think any other, no other job does. It's what, it's what art and culture and theatre is. It's, you know, it's human connection.